You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares the wisdom of the Hasidic master, Rabbi Kolonimus Kalman Shapira of Piazetsna. Through the Piazetsna Rebbe's various works, Rabbi Ami guides us on a unique path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine that is steeped in the Jewish mystical tradition. Thank you for the host, David Amelech. <laughs> In his name, I'll say welcome. Oh, Bemet, Bemet, I only came for the last bit of, of uh, what Abi Noam was sharing, but it was. Uh, can you hear me back there? I don't speak very loudly. So, okay. Yes, Mishu Shanglid Zebichlal Olech. Um, <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> so, Avinom was reading from Rabbi Shimon, which is David Amelech's words. <laughs> the dead don't don't praise God. It's uh, praise to God comes from from living, even living in this moment, and Sukkot um, Bichlal is a time of living and dying, and dying and living. I don't know who went to shul today, but uh, in shuls around the world, and Shlomo Melech is basically saying, everything in life comes to heaven. It's also passing, passing wind. Vapor, it's the breath of life that comes in and fizzles out and comes back in again and blows out again. And, Yichlal, the Ananea Kavod, that uh, the Sukkah is, is here to, to model, to re-revive these clouds, these clouds that accompany us through our journeys. So I'll start with something that I didn't intend to start with, but but Yichlal, David HaMelech, Malcolm Meshicha. So, Rabbi Nassim, the best of Rabbi Nachman's student brings us that the rabbis say that David Amelech was meant to be a nephil. He was meant to be a, a still stillborn. He was meant to never live. To be conceived, but uh, not make it into this world. And according to the Midrash, the, he borrowed the seven years of his life from Adam Rishon. If you notice, Adam Rishon lived for 930 years. Strange number. The 930 plus 70 is 1,000. 1,000 years would have made sense, right? But, but Adam Arishon gave seven years of life to David Amelech, who was never supposed to have life before. And that every breath, every moment of David's life was this gift from somebody else, from, from Mamash, the source of, of human life, giving him this gift of life. So Reb Nassim says, What do you mean, Sukkah David Hanofalet? It doesn't mean that the sukkah is fallen. The nofalet is David. Harachaman, the merciful womb one, will hold up for us that dwelling place of David the stillborn, David the fallen, David who fell into life at every moment, was tumbling into an, dying, as it were, into another breath and moment of life. Give us that kind of life that's 
that hitchut, that renewal of being, of living, like David Amelech. So before we go, just one other thing that that occurred to me about this that so maybe maybe David Amelech is Mashiach because because this was how he how he lived. This is where he lived from. And maybe just this is what occurred to me today for the first time that maybe part of it also is that he also knew that his life came from somebody else. Like, what would it be like to walk around with that awareness that my life is not only a gift, but like, Mamash, another person gave it to me. Like, any And it's true of all of us. We all do. It's the only reason. So. I want to talk tonight about um, the special avodah of tonight, the special mitzvah of tonight and, and today, which is the mitzvah of Aravot. I got some Aravot on my way over. Aravot! And um, I'll start by just reading the Mishnah and I'll speak a bit and we'll come back into the Mishnah. Here's what the Mishnah says in, in Masechet Sufa. Mitzvah Arava Ketzad. How do you do the mitzvah of Aravot, of river willows. Is that what you'd call them? Aravas. Makom haya lamata miyurshalayim v'nikra motza. Has anyone ever been to motza? It's just outside Yerushalayim, Kvish Echad. Five, ten minutes, you'll hit there. There's a nice little mayan there. There's a place mitachad Yerushalayim called motza. Yordim l'sham. We, people would descend there people would gather bunches of aravot of these plants they would come and lean them around the sides of the of the mizbeach the altar in the Beit HaMizbeach and the heads of them would would kind of bend hang over the mizbeach They would blow shofar. So every day of Sukkot, in the Mikdash, with these Aravot, they would encircle the Mizbeach, do one hakafa, like we do at Shul when we do the Hoshanot, when we do on our Tefillah. So these plants... Leaning against the Mizbech, people walking around it in a circle. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Anivahu Hoshiana. Rabbi Yehuda says, what they would say is, Ani and Vav Hey Vav, Vahu Hoshiana. Please save. That that day, meaning the seventh day, the last day of Sukkot, today, in the morning, they would encircle the altar seven times, saying these tefillot. At the time of their, let's just say, leaving, what would they say? Your beautiful Mizbeach altar. Your beautiful, O altar. 
And there's another opinion here in the Mishnah. Rabbi Elazar, perhaps. Omer, Liya ulach mizbech. Liya ulach mizbech. To, to God and to you, mizbech. To God and to you, mizbech. This is the description. The Mitzvah Varavot. And, and um, it's brought already in the early early sources that, that this is a, a mitzvah, right? The Torah doesn't say to do this stuff. This is a, a uh, tradition that's given over through the, the prophets. Uh, the Rambam, I think, says, which means it's a prophetic reception that was just transmitted from, from, from the prophets over the generations, so we do this. And Dafka, we do it the last day. We don't do this, the, uh, the special celebration of the Arava, we do the last day to make sure that everybody knows this is something of its own, something of its own importance. So, so that's what it is. Okay, but what is it? <laughs> like, what do we? What is this? What is this? What is this? Um, so I'll start by saying that I'm not going to claim to know what it is, but I'm going to going to share a part of what what I've seen and uh, and heard and received. Um, I'll start start with uh, Bichlal, the Aravot, we know, is one of the four species, the Arbaminim. And the Torah says, on the first day of Sukkot, you should take for yourselves hadar, a beautiful hadar fruit, v'kapot tmarim, v'anatz you should take all these different kinds of plants, and you should rejoice before God. And we know that Sukkot is Manzim Chatenu, it's a time of rejoicing, but it seems from the Torah that the rejoicing is what happens when you take these plants in your hands. It makes you happy, it makes you want to celebrate. Why? Well, why? One thing the Torah tells us is that they're beautiful. Take this beautiful fruit. And, and when we encounter beauty, we get happy. They're green, they're fresh. It's, it's, the, it's the, the season where everything is at its ripeness. Yeah. <laughs> so every every so I mean what I hear you saying also is that every person when you go even to just choose for those of you who get to choose your own arbaminim you get to to find your own beauty the, the, what what's beautiful to me right like what's beautiful this is oh, this lulav is beautiful to me that's the one I want this is the etrog it looks beautiful to me nobody it's not an objective beauty beauty isn't objective it's entirely what what draws me what pulls me and. And Dafka, the, the, the Ramban, actually says that the word etrog itself means what attracts me. That the etrog comes from the, word, is, is, comes from the Aramaic word for chem, chemda and cheshek. 
for desire and attraction. Chazal says that the etrog was the fruit of the tree of knowledge. That the fruit on the tree of knowledge of, of Tovarah was an etrog. And we know that when, when Chava saw the fruit, she saw that it was nechmad, it was desire, desirous, it was ta'avale naim. She just couldn't take her eyes off it. So she took it. So she took it. And Ramban does this. Chazal already says it, but the Ramban says every time the Torah uses the word lachmod to desire, the Aramaic translation is merag, merag, meragna, meragin, meragin. It sounds etrog, etrog. What I desire, that which I desire, it pulls me towards it. He's a big chedushim. Huh? He's a big chedushim. He's a nechidushim. Read the Ramban. Read the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I used to think I'm a scholar. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so part of what what hit me is that why did Chava need to find a beautiful fruit? take. You know, the Torah Mamish says this, Mephorash, and again, Josh, just look in the Torah. It says that when God plants the garden, this is before, that God plants all the trees, nechmad lemar'eh. God plants trees that are, when you look at them, it fills you with desire, that they're beautiful. Kishutim, right? Beautiful, decorative plants. It makes the world look beautiful. They're nechmadim. They pull you. But it seems that the problem was that Chava took it. And, and I wonder if Chava took it because she needed to feel beautiful too. That if I don't know that I'm beautiful, that, that someone wants me <coughs> here. So I need to find that. I'm going to start looking around, and, and when I see it, I'm going to just grab onto it. I'm grab it. I'm grab it. So just listen to what, what Akash Baruch was telling us to do on Sukkot. Take it for yourself. That beautiful fruit. Yes, you're all scattered and 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 not always so so clear that 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 you're good, beloved, beautiful, all these things. We're not so connected with that. But Hashem says, okay, you need to take it. Take it for yourself. Chava took it once. At a time when I said not to. I see. You need this. Take it. But take it, Lachem. Take that beauty and make it yours. That beauty does not show one's birthright. Has to be your own. Beautiful. The halacha from this is that you can't take somebody else's to do the mitzvah. Thank you so much. You can't do it with somebody else's. It's it's your beautiful plant. And bichlal, bichlal, the, the all these plants are plants that grow wild. 
they're plants that you know it just grows on the brook and it's that pretty plant on the tree and like you, you can't use a natrog for salad dressing and some people make jam out of it but that's like already a big chokhmah and uh, and it's poisonous anyway with all the uh, pesticides that are that are on them so don't mamish don't don't do it um, but but all the plants of the arba minim are plants that are lichora useless like they're not important at all and they're not things you would even like think about. So, so to get in touch with, with the beauty that, that surrounds us and that, that mamash is just the nature, the very fabric of the world that we are born into and part of, Hashem's like, just walk, take a walk out into the forest. Stop looking at the things you've decided are important and not important for now. And just open your eyes and see how beautiful things are. And, 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 and just kind of soak into that and shake it all around and rejoice with it. Rejoice with it. Get out of your trip of what's beautiful and not, of what's important and not, of what's ugly. If you just hold it in your hands and, and smell it and, and shake it and move it, none of it is ugly. You just let it be there in front of you. Just hold it. It's not ugly anymore. It's not unimportant anymore. It might be useless. But useless doesn't mean that it's not wonderful and beautiful. And that brings us to the Aravot. Because we know that of all the Arbaminim, the Aravot are the most useless. They don't have a smell. They don't have a taste. They wilt faster than any of the other ones. <laughs> Mom, it's like by the, by the second, third day, I'm like, how are these going to last a few more days? But somehow, somehow I made it till tonight, you know. Yes. Um, somehow. I'll say one more thing, but... What? Pick new ones. Totally. Yeah, yeah, you need a new one. You need a... It's the David Melech plant. It needs to be reborn again. One more thing for you. Just this also just blew my mind. Chazal actually says, you know, this pasuk in um, the Shiratayam, Ze Eli Anvehu. This is my God, and I will Anvehu. So Chazal says, what is Anvehu? It means make God beautiful. Milashon Noi. And Chazal says, Hitna Elefanav, Pilulavna, Besukana, Vimitzvot. Chazal says. Make yourself beautiful before God with these mitzvahs. Be beautiful before God with your lulavs, with your sukkahs. So how do you be beautiful with an arava? What is beautiful about an arava that doesn't smell, that doesn't taste, it's utterly useless? So let's, let's look at the Mishnah again, okay? Let's look at the Mishnah again. Not the whole thing, but some of it. So they'd bring these Aravos. And they'd lean them against the Mizbeach. What was the Mizbeach made of, by the way? Earth. Kadosh Baruch Hu says, Mizbeach Adamah Ta'asari. Make me an altar of earth. And Chazal says, why? Because what else is earth? Earthlings. Not only that, but Chazal says that the dirt that Adam was formed from is the dirt of the Mizbeach. Mekom kaparato, misham nivra. 
from the place of, of Adam's atonement, acceptance. That's where we bring our avoda back to. We're, we're born out of that same place and we bring our, our, our connection to God back to that place. You made me out of this dirt. How could you not accept it? We come to Mizbeach with our avos and we lean him there and we circle and we say, Ana Shemoshiana, please God save us. Ana Shemetzlichana, please God make it work. And then Rabbi Yehuda says, Ani vahu hoshiana. Ani vahu hoshiana. Vahu is spelled vav hey vav. Not hu, like hey vav aleph, but hey vav. So, I'm going to read you or share with you just what Rashi and Tosfot say on this. Has anyone ever seen the Rashi and the Tosfot on this? Okay, you're in for a treat. And again, I just, just, just understand, you know, you were learning Idra before. This is just Rashi. Okay. Get a lot of this. Rashi says, Anivahu, Bigamatria Ana Hashem. Okay. So the numerical value of Anivahu is the same as Ana Hashem. Say there? Okay. Ve'od. And furthermore, Mishivimu Shaim Shemotem, Hanikuvim Bishalosh Mikraotas Muhime Parshat Vayi Bishalach. Oh, Rashi says, Further, Ani, Aleph Nun Yud, and Vahu are two sets of what's called the 72-letter name of God, or the 72 names of God. And where does this name come from? Just, just go with me for a moment. Before the splitting of the sea, as Ben Israel is, is getting there and the Mitzrim are pursuing, there's these three psukim. Vayisa, right? It says that, that the, there's the pillar of, of cloud, and it says that the pillar of cloud... Gets up and moves, and it comes and it moves from the front of the camp to behind, in between the Israelites and in between the Mitzrim, the Egyptians. And Moshe picks up his hand. Now, you can look up those psukim, they're in Shemot Yodalit, I think. All of those psukim have 72 letters in them. Each one of these three consecutive psukim have 72 letters. And I don't even know where this originated, but it's a very ancient thing. There's a tradition that the first letter of the first pasuk and the last letter of the second pasuk and the first letter of the third pasuk make one name. Those three letters is one name. And then you do the second letter of the first pasuk and the second to last letter of the second pasuk and the second letter, and that's another name. And these triplets form 72 triplets, right? Because there's 72 letters. Okay, so what, so what, so what? Fine. Two of those triplets, one of those triplets, the 37th triplet, is Aleph Nun Yud Ani and, and I think the f- one of the maybe it's the first maybe the first triplet is Vahu Vav Hei Vav so Rashi's saying okay so this prayer Ani Vahu Oshiana it's taking two names of God from this mysterious arrangement of Sukim and saying Ani Vahu Oshiana save us save us Say one more thing, by the way, which is, it's kind of mind blowing that those psukim, you know what they're about? They're about the the Ananea Kavod. They're about the clouds, the protect that protected Venetia in the desert. It's the, when we see what that cloud does. That cloud goes from in front. It's in front of you, protecting you. It goes and travels behind you to protect you from 
from the pursuers, and it goes back when when Moshe moves his hand and everyone gets gets ready to move. So it's these clouds, these like divine clouds that encircle us, and they go ahead of us, and they go behind us, and they go in front of us, and they they're encircling us. That's that's what the sukkah is. It's those it's those clouds that encircle us in all sense. So that's a name that we're we're somehow calling out to for salvation. So now, which brings us to Tosfot. Tosfot quotes Rashi, and then Tosfot said, but we still need to understand why, why we'd be talking about that here. Like, what's the... So what? We need a, a reason, explanation for, for doing this. It's, I mean, we're saying words, we don't know what they mean. And we're like screaming them to God. Like, what are we doing? Letter combinations? Random letter combinations? Okay, either holy, but what? So here's what Tosfot says. Why these two names? Why, these, why is this what we're asking salvation from? There's 70 other ones you could choose from. So he says, Mishum There's a, in the, towards the end of uh, the Ptichta, the opening to Midrash Eicha. The Midrash is talking about when Yirmiyahu, the prophet, was being carried off, was he was put on chains and being sent out of Yerushalayim. And it says, asur That he's he was bound in um, in chains, in like you know, iron clasps. Like azikonim. Like azikonim. That's azikonim of the sukkah. asur <laughs> I built my sukkah only from wood and azikonim. No, nothing else. The sukkah is built on 90% of the sukkah is built on 90% of the sukkah. So, who is it's as if it's saying that God is bound in chains. Who? The ultimate one is bound in chains. And then the Chazal... The what? The who. The who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting me into like Alice in Chains. And <laughs> but who, Asur Bezikim, is... God is bound in chains. And the Chazal also says there, as it says also about um, the prophet, Yechezkel ve'ani betochagola. And I... I'm here in exile. Ani is also God's own self in exile. So these two names, and then he goes on and quotes, Vahainu, Hoshana, what Ani Vuhu, Hoshiana. These code words for God's own entrapment, me and you. Hainu Shoshana Shioshia Latsmo. What do you mean, Ani Vuhu, Hoshiana? God, you have to save yourself. Shioshia Tatsmo. Ani is me, and it's also a name of God, the self of God. Vehu is God too. Save yourself. Hoshiana. Ani vehu Hoshiana. And you also can't avoid that, that also, Ani vehu is me and you. We're stuck here together. Hoshiana, save. Bring us salvation. God save us, me and you. 
So this is what was happening, what was being prayed with the Aravot in the Beit HaMikdash. This prayer, Aniva Hashem, is what we're saying, no, Shanat is what we'll say in the morning. What does it mean to wave a green plant in the air and say, God, save me and save you? Or, if you save me, you'll be saving yourself. When we're, this whole tkufa, where, where the whole thing was, you know, Rosh Hashanah until now, this is, this is the, this is part of the Khatima. This is the, the end of the Khatima. What this whole thing is about, Chayim, prayer for Chayim, for Chayim Tovim, we're basically just, in every which way possible, praying for the world to be redeemed. And for the world to be redeemed means for it to, to become what it's, what we all know and feel deep inside that it's meant to become. And we experience that in our own individual lives of there's, there's what I hope for and wish and yearn for even if I don't know what it is, but it's more than what is now. And we see that and we look around the world and we say, and, and the world, it's clearly there's more than it is right now. Clearly is more than it is right now. Redeeming that beauty that we know is here. That goodness that, that we know is here. That godliness that we know is here. But that all of those things, in a lot of ways, aren't here in any apparent way. Saying, Aniva u Oshiana, God, pull it all out. Make this world the beautiful place it is. Let this world be the redeemed reality that it's meant to be. Let you be who you are. Because you're not right now. Because as long as I'm bound, you're bound. And as long as I'm in Gola, you're in Gola. There is no redemption for God without a redemption for me. And the redemption for me is something godly coming out more. Being fully expressed. And we do this in the Beit HaMikdash, we do this, you know, leaning on the earth that we're born from. I'm going to take all my useless, I'm going to take the most useless, meaningless, empty part of my being. These are Ravot. And I'm going to put them on the dirt that you formed me from. And say, God, you better save us. You made this grow from the dirt. You made me grow from the dirt. And we're going to turn back and face that place that we come from and say, I know that you're making this happen, so so can it can you really make it happen this time? You know, I, I think of the Aravot, I think of like, 
personally, on a very like shitchi level, 3 to 5 p.m. every day. Like the hours between 3 and 5 p.m., I don't understand why they exist. <laughs> I am completely useless between 3 and 5 p.m. It's like I do things. It's like, you know, like you pretend to do things. I don't know. It's like I, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my job. I'm working, but it's like, no, I'm not. Like I'm really not. It's like, you know, static snow on the TV. Like it's there, but there's, there's just, it's like a suffocated existence. There's nothing there, but it's there. But, but, but what is it? So in, until that has a place, in God's world? Like, until that is also God, we're still stuck here. God is still in exile. That's the most shitri, you know, level. That It's not so shitri because I experience it almost daily, but, but, you know, make your own conclusions where that exists in your life. Like, the, all the parts of me, all the parts of my life, all the parts of my, my way of being, my, my experience, that is just like, what is this doing here? And Sukkis is, is, is kind of opening this window to say, maybe it's beautiful too. Maybe there's something beautiful by just it being there. Because this is where God's doing it. And this is where we are. And you know what they say when they leave the Mizbeach? Look at this. The last day, they go around the Mizbeach seven times, right? Here are those words. What, is, what does that mean? We all know what Shat Ptiratan means, right? It doesn't mean, yeah, <laughs> it's the moment of death. At the moment of death, what do they say? Mahen omrim, what's there to say? Yofilach mizbeach. Yofilach mizbeach. Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. That in a sense, We're all going to have an amazing year and live lives of health and brilliance and beauty and friendship and I mean it, gesund and all the good things. Sukkot lets us touch that point where I can, I can, in a sense, it's like the Shatz Petira, I can look at, at, at everything I've experienced in my life until this point and, and I could look at it and just feel, you know, it wasn't necessarily always fun or easy or good or even pretty. But it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Being alive is beautiful. Just being alive, it's beautiful. I can stare back at Mamash, the plot of earth that I come from, I can just look at the place I come from, it's beautiful.
See our rough oats, they're beautiful. Yeah, take them away. They're in a stupid plastic sleeve. <laughs> they're so, they're so like, like if you just ask me, it's it's silly, right? But they're beautiful. Huh? Yeah, I was a little bummed to not get like fresh clips, you know, but but this is also beautiful. <laughs> what? Like I don't have to succeed. I really don't, and I'm not going to. Like I don't have to get things right. I don't have to be the best at anything. I don't have to not suffer. Like to live is all that stuff's going to happen. The question: What does it mean to, for my life to be redeemed? A little bit. My life is redeemed when I can just feel that it, it's beautiful. That whatever that was, it was beautiful. There was something beautiful about it, and, and, and it's beautiful to be here now. Like it really, it really is. It's been worth it. You know, we said, uh, said all, all over and over again in Kohelet, Hakol, Hevel, 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 Havali, Hakol, Hevel. It's all, it's all air. You know what else Shlomo HaMelech taught us? Hevel Hayofi. That passing breath, that passing air is beautiful. And oh, how beautiful. And there's even something beautiful in life. I think I'll end here. There's something beautiful about 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 that life that's that goes back to the place it came from too. And that's that's what was done in the Mizbeach. Was leaned on the on that plot of earth, so we could really see that in front of our eyes and, and look at it, and and I think that maybe that's that's our minhag nowadays to also smack it on the earth. When you smack the aravos on the earth, you're also saying, ah, it's going back, going back to the earth where it came from. It's beautiful life. It's beautiful life, huh? <laughs> That's why at the end we throw it on top of the the, the Because it's like the noise, like the mizbeach. It's, it's the noise, yeah. The noise, the mizbeach. What's on top of all the, you know, the, the? Not the bottom line, the top line. The top line of it of it all is the Mm-hmm. Mamash, mamash. It really is. It really is the highest, the highest thing. To be alive really is the highest thing. Not to be a tzaddik. Not to be, not to be right or good or whatever or bad. To be alive. Chaim. Chaim. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, 
go to shareshalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.